Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Freemasons. I'm your host, Right Worshipful Brother George Andrew Mudry, coming live from Morning Star Lodge number 47 in Seymour, Connecticut. I should first start out by saying that this podcast is going to be R-rated. Uh, there's going to be a lot of swearing that happens, not on a frequent basis, but uh, our target audience is basically going to be uh, younger Freemasons and younger younger men who are looking to join this craft of ours. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, older brothers that might not be down with the swearing, so I want to apologize right at first. I figured the first episode would be good for our audience to get introduced to me and what I'm about and uh, my Masonic career path and what I've done so far. Um, uh, Morningstar Lodge, I'm also going to talk about, and hopefully the uh, my journey and Morningstar's uh, woes and struggles can help other lodges in their uh, pursuit to become bigger and stronger lodges. Uh, I'll first start with uh, my Masonic career. Um, I got started into Freemasonry in 2008, and uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, one of the episodes I'm going to talk about is going to be uh, the different types of Masons and the different types of men and why they joined Freemasonry. Uh, I prefer to choose myself a, uh, a history channel baby. And uh, I was actually on the couch watching TV one day, and uh, I was sitting on the couch holding my youngest daughter and the show the freemasons comes on it's the freemasons the secrets and uh i'm like all right let's watch it so i got watching the show and uh all i hear is through the whole thing is uh basically freemasons they created the country we live in they have the square and compasses as the mall of america they also have their signs and symbols on the back of the dollar bill. They also know where the Ark of the Covenant is, and potentially the Holy Grail. What are their secrets? Let's look into it. Then I'm sitting to myself saying, well, shit, I want to know. And uh, that's what got me hooked was the History Channel. I'm sure that's not everybody's Masonic path, but that's pretty much the route that I went down. And uh, so I ironically went on Google or whatever the search engine was at that point, Bing or whatever, back in 2008. And uh, I Googled Freemasonry in Connecticut. And I did not get the Grand Lodge link. I could tell you that right now. Rather, I got the Grand Lodge of Ontario. It's kind of funny. I sent them an email and I said, hey, I'm kind of interested in joining the Freemasons. Uh, how do I join? And what do I have to do? And uh, a couple of days later, I got a response back from the Grand Lodge of Ontario that was like, uh, yeah, buddy, you're uh, you're off the beaten path. There's actually a Grand Lodge in the state of Connecticut. Uh, here's a link to it. And I'm like, oh, is Mason's in Connecticut? I had no idea. So uh, I ended up uh, clicking on the link and getting to the Grand Lodge. And I filled out, you know, an email basically stating, you know, I'm interested in joining the Freemasons. And... Uh, a couple days later, a brother who uh, brought me in was Right Worshipful Bob Peck, who got me into this. And I ended up meeting with him. We scheduled a time to meet with coffee, for over coffee, to kind of discuss and talk about. And so I show up at the Dunkin' Donuts down here in Seymour. And Bob is probably, he's got to be in his 90s now, but he was in his 
late 80s at that point. And uh, it's kind of uh, off-putting a little bit, not going to lie, that uh, an 80-year-old man is in Freemasonry and whatever the case may be, it's fine. But uh, I didn't meet a younger Mason. I met an older guy. So, But whatever, we got to talking, and I filled out a petition, and uh, I was val- balloted on. After my ballot, I got a phone call saying I've been accepted into Morningstar Lodge number 47. He told me we were in the upstairs of a church. I'm like, okay. That's that, that's cool, whatever. So I end up going to there, and uh, I walk into the door, and there's a bunch of younger Masons, probably you know, mid forties, you know, thirties, late thirties, or whatever. And I saw, you know, no, mind you, I was twenty, I think I was twenty seven, twenty eight at the time, and I'm like, oh, this is great, you know, full lodge, bunch of Masons running around, all younger guys. I'm like, this is fantastic. So I took my entered apprentice degree. And they said, oh, come back to the next meeting. Come back to the next meeting. I'm like, yeah, I'll come back to the next meeting. Definitely. This was this was enlightening. This was cool. I had no freaking clue what the hell was going on. But, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was an interesting ritual. So uh, I did it. I went back to Lodge the next meeting. And let me tell you, it was a whole different world. Come to find out that... I said, oh, where, where is everybody? And Bob says, uh, well, well, you see... Uh, we needed help with the degree, so we got we got masons from other lodges to come help out. And I'm like, oh. And I said, so he's like, oh, these five guys here, this is pretty much what our lodge is right now. And I can tell you, I was probably 27, 28 years old. And these brothers that were in the lodge were probably about triple my age. Uh, five guys over the age of definitely over 70, pushing 80. And it was kind of off-putting. And, uh, but whatever, I stuck with it. And, you know, after I became a Master Mason and everything, uh, with frequent conversations with uh, Brother Bob, he said, basically, Morningstar Lodge is probably going to be closing down in a couple of years. We just don't have the people. So we're probably going to be merging with another lodge. And it was pretty much at that point where I decided that, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I joined this lodge. Uh, I'm going to stick with it, and I don't want our lodge to merge with another. So I got started, and uh, I went. I started off the next year. I was elected or appointed as the junior deacon of the lodge, and while I was junior deacon, I brought in uh, a brother of mine now who is a past master now, Philip Miller, who I've been friends with for probably 25 to 26 years. Uh, me and him went all through grade school together, and he was a Marine, such as myself. And I brought him in. He started working at Sikorsky, and uh, it was quite a pipeline for our lodge. Is when he joined, when he was in Sikorsky, and he joined our lodge, he started getting his fellow coworkers in Sikorsky. Most of them prior military, uh, just other coworkers in there, and it turned out to be quite a pipeline for our lodge. We still have many members of our lodge who work at Sikorsky. So I got started, and I moved through the lodge from junior deacon to junior warden to worshipful master in three years. Uh, as a junior warden, uh, I took it upon myself to learn the entered apprentice degree. Unbeknownst to me, the uh, they decided to schedule an inspection of our lodge on the first night that I was supposed to do the entered apprentice degree. Uh, so we had uh, we had royal purple in the house for the 
Grain Lodge in the state of Connecticut, my very first time putting on a degree. That was uh, that was quite interesting, let me tell you. But uh, got through it, powered through it, and uh, we brought in a bunch of members. I served as master from 2011 to 2012, where we had an active roster of probably about five to seven Masons. Now, fast forward uh, through the years, uh, I ended up becoming a district deputy for the Grand Lodge of the state of Connecticut. I was also Blue Lodge Council president for my district in the state of Connecticut. Um, And our lodge, actually, we just moved to a new location on 135 Main Street in Seymour, which ironically is where our lodge used to meet from the year 1912 to 1953, I want to say. Uh, so it's almost like a coming back home here where we're able to do what we got to do. That's a, that's, a, that's a whole story for another podcast. But our lodge now has roughly 27 to 30 Masons in lodge at any given time uh, of any meeting, a Thursday or a Saturday meeting. And uh, we added Saturdays in order to get second shift guys to join and come into us. And it worked out beautifully. Um. So our lodge has really taken off. You're going to meet a lot of personalities on this podcast, other brothers. Um, I can tell you right now, in the in the uh, interest of Brother 11 friendship, uh, we all are best friends. We laugh, we joke, we break stones, we've cried together. We are a tight group of people. So if you hear us call each other assholes or something like that, don't think that it's taken out of context where it's used as a negative thing. Uh, We all call each other brothers. We all give hugs after meetings, and we have a great time. Excuse me. So that's pretty much the path of uh, Morningstar Lodge. After I became master, I decided to branch out from there. I joined the Scottish Rite first and went through all of the Scottish Rite. (coughs) Excuse me. And... uh, I got to 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason. Um, I also served as a, excuse me, not the Sublime Prince, the Sovereign Prince of the Elm City Council, Princes of Jerusalem in the Scottish Rite. Um, I also took the York Rite. (coughs) I apologize. I took the York Rite as well. Moving all the way through Knights Templar, uh, I went through Chapter, Council, and the uh, commandery degrees. I was eminent commander of my commandery um, in 2017 and 18. Um, and I was appointed to become the grand sentinel of the grand commandery of the state of Connecticut. And that's my current position now. Sorry, I just had to grab a cup of coffee here. So my Masonic career is is pretty wide in extent. Um, I was also asked to be part of an honorary order, which is the Knight Crusaders of the Cross, as well as the Knights of St. Thomas of Akon, which not very many Masons know about, but it is also another appending body. So my Masonic, uh, my Masonic portfolio is quite extensive. I apologize. I've been fighting a cold for a couple days now, so I apologize for the coughing. But uh, So basically in this podcast, and what we're going to cover is 
um, the reasons why uh, Freemasonry is on a membership decline and how to bounce back from that. Um, we're going to be talking about that in ex extent. Uh, I kind of consider myself a gifted out-of-the-box thinker, so there's many things that I think would uh, help rather than just, uh, oh, to make good men better. Yeah, that's great, but uh, there's got to be another reason of how to keep and bring people in. Our lodge is doing a hell of a job doing it, and we bring in probably at least two petitions almost every single month for people to join Freemasonry. And uh, the other problem is trying to get these young kids out of their fucking phones. Uh, I think too much, too many of the young generation is so concerned about uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all these other social media platforms. Freemasonry, to me, is one of the original social media platforms. Uh, without the freaking phone and the electronics and uh... <coughs> again I apologize <clears throat> when uh, you come into Lodge it's nice to actually interact with faces and names and people uh, and me I remember me as master one of the major things I said is put your phones away the only time phones were ever allowed out in Lodge is if you were marking dates down on your calendar or uh writing down what your what position you're going to be as an officer during a degree. But other than that, the phones are put away. And for the most part, I think we pretty much put the phones away. We enjoy each other's company. We have a good time. We crack bottles, uh, in not in Lodge, but uh, you know, after Lodge. We have after-hours drinks, and we hang out. And uh, I'm hoping to uh, incorporate our podcast so uh, our listeners can listen to this shit show that happens after Lodge. I just want to add on a separate note that uh, Masons do conform, especially in our lodge, conform to all of the rules and regulations. But there's nothing wrong with letting your hair down from time to time. So I'm hoping that this podcast is going to be enlightening. Um, that's pretty much my Masonic career. Uh, I am currently the secretary of Morningstar Lodge, as well as the Council of Past Masters, or a Lodge of Past Masters. I'm also the secretary in that. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of esoteric stuff. Uh, I think that's important, too, as we talk about uh, what the symbols and the meanings are. But my primary focus in these first episodes is to talk about uh, Freemasonry and what it's about and how we get people to join it and... Uh, be part of this uh, wonderful fraternity we have. It really is a good time. We do a lot of community service events. Um, in our lodge, in our uh, town in particular, we have done a Seymour High School auto show, which we get autos, uh, cars, motorcycles, freaking name it. Um, and we, uh, we charge $20 for the admission of a car. And we donate all the proceeds to Seymour High School, the car, sh the car club, as well as um, the arts, arts and entertainment as well. And, you know, these kids at the high school, they take uh, these electric cars and they bring them up to Lime Rock and they shoot them around a track and they're electric cars. And it kind of helps with their study and teaches them how, you know, about uh, mechanics and how electricity works and all that. It's really a great thing that we do with that. Um, we've also participated in CT chip events, which are uh, child identification programs. Basically, God forbid, if a kid um, ends up missing, um, the parents can come prior to, you know, obviously, 
uh, they come to the CT chip thing and they get basically a packet and it's identification things for their kids. I don't remember what they, we used to do a dental impressions and fingerprints and a short little video so that God forbid, knock on wood, uh, the kid ever ends up missing or running away or something like that. It's a packet that you can give to the state police to help identify your child. Um, we also, this last month, we have uh, Santa Claus comes in off the train in Seymour. It's like a big thing in downtown Seymour here. And uh, we went and got some, uh, we got two fucking bikes. And we uh, put them outside and we gave a free raffle to two little, you know, two little, a boy and a little girl. And we raffled off free bike. Didn't cost the parents nothing. Just kind of were hanging out on the sidewalk. And uh, one of our Masons, a good friend of mine and a brother, uh, Jim Rafferty tried killing me with a fucking Irish coffee, which was, we'll get into that story. But there's a lot of funny stories of things that has happened. We'll get into the fact, uh, we'll get into stories about uh, me almost falling out the goddamn window because of the train. Uh, the train honked its horn and I went tumbling. We'll get into that story as well. And uh, some other shenanigans that we, we do here at the, the lodge. It's a good time. And I'm really looking forward to putting out these podcasts and getting some other members in here. I also want to get some guests, preferably from the state of Connecticut, and some higher-ranking guys, as well as, uh, you know, just Masons around. Because realistically, you know, what you see on the History Channel, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit of bullshit. Um, you know, the, the degrees that they show and portray on TV are, uh, <laughs> they're not really what they are. Um, Partially, but not entirely accurate. And, uh, you know, you see uh, a lot of older, uh, well-established Masons. I'm not knocking any of the Masons, but uh, well-established Masons who are high up in the food chain, who are relatively older. And I don't think they really speak to the younger generation that's coming up as to why they should be part of this. And uh, that's what I'm hoping to do, is talk to the younger, younger generation. I myself am 36 years old, so I kind of consider myself a, a little bit older than the others. But it's nice to see, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds, depending on the state you live in, um, joining and uh, being part of this. My uh, my ultimate hope is that in this podcast that other Masons can use the information that I'm given and that we're going to be talking about and you know, hopefully you can apply it to their own lodges, as well as the, those who are non-Masons. You can uh, join a fraternity that uh, we have a lot of fun, and it's not the stigma of an old men's club. <clears throat> so that's pretty much all I got for this episode. Um, I'm hoping that all you join me for future episodes, and uh, we'll have some more fun and shenanigans. The next episode, I'm going to bring in brother james mcguire he is a brother in the lodge he's uh very in tune with uh all kinds of esoteric stuff however uh we're going to really get into uh talking about our lodge and talking about how to bring freemasonry and you know bring it back to the to the numbers it used to be uh, and why it's dipped down um there's no doubt about it we, we can we can put lipstick on the pig but it's still a pig uh, and we're going to really delve into that. Uh, the other thing we're going to talk about is uh, we're going to talk about, I want to talk about an article that I seen on Facebook. 
uh, regarding uh, that was actually put out by Masons. It was on Facebook, and I have my own feelings about Facebook. But it was put out by uh, Midnight Freemasonry, or Midnight Masons. And it basically said, uh, Brotherly Love Struggling to Begin 2019. And uh, it was probably put out by a brother. I'm sure it was. And uh, I don't particularly agree with the article. But we're going to delve into what that meant and what the article was all about. So I'm hoping that you'll all stay tuned for future episodes. I am George Mudry signing off, and we'll catch you next time.